Alleluia! Christ is missing! The Lord is missing indeed? Alleluia! That might be a more appropriate acclamation for Easter in the Gospel of Mark. We don't see the resurrected Jesus today. The Gospel of Mark in its original form has no resurrection. It ends with the passage we just heard, where the women come upon an empty tomb and discover a young man in white, probably we're supposed to understand him as some kind of an angel, who tells them three things. Don't be afraid. Jesus has been raised. And the women have a job to do. They need to tell Peter and the others that Jesus will meet them in Galilee. And then the women are terrified, immediately disobeying point one, and they tell no one, disobeying point three, no word on whether they believed point two, that Jesus had been raised. The last words of Mark's gospel are, Ephobunto gar, they were afraid. Fear literally has the last word in Mark's gospel, with no satisfying glimpse of the resurrected Jesus. We just have to take the young man's word for it. The stories of the resurrected Jesus in Matthew and Luke and John are so lovely and speak to what must have been a transformative experience for Jesus' disciples and all of his followers who saw the risen Jesus. But I think Mark speaks pretty well to our own time. The tomb is empty. We're left in fear. We experience it as a community. And if we want to meet Jesus, we're going to have to take a journey of faith. Where do you feel fear? What are the things in life right now that make you want to run away and flee in terror? And where can you find the faith to make your way to Galilee anyway? Because while fear has the last word in Mark's gospel, we know that it didn't have the last action. The women didn't stay silent. They did tell what they had seen. They did go to Galilee and see Jesus. Or we wouldn't be here today. How did they do that? How could they be so afraid and yet be able to not be paralyzed by their fear, but still speak and move and journey? A certain Western movie star said, courage is being scared to death, but saddling up anyway. The Gospels only use the word courage once, but the Acts of the Apostles and the Epistles talk a lot about encouragement. We are called to encourage one another, to give each other courage to hold hands, to stand behind, to lift each other up so that we believe we are capable of all that God desires for us. Courage is something you give to other people. The two Marys and Salome must have encouraged one another to share the message with Peter and the other disciples. So can we today have the courage of our faith? The courage that the story doesn't end even when the words on the page do. The courage that God really does love us intimately 
even when we are broken. Courage that as people who worship the Prince of Peace, that war and violence are not inevitable. That for people who worship the one who fed 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish, that hunger is not inevitable. Courage that for people who worship Jesus, the healer, our wounds and our sickness are not inevitable. And in the face of every legitimate and practical and obvious answer as to why we should conform to the world and give up on all of those things, to believe takes incredible courage. As much courage as it did for Mary and Mary and Salome to overcome their fear that Jesus' body had been stolen and instead to repeat the words of the man in white that Jesus had been raised and that Jesus would see them in Galilee. And then the courage to pick up and travel to Galilee and meet him there. Mark says today that the women at the tomb were seized in our translation with terror and amazement at the message of the man in white. A better translation than terror and amazement might be trembling and ecstasy. The Greek words are tromos kai ekstasis. Now, if you Googled ecstatic community, you probably wouldn't find churches. And yet, a trembling and ecstatic community is what Jesus is calling the church to be. And maybe this year, we know the experience of trembling and ecstasy in a new way. Because I think part of their trembling and ecstasy is, is that feeling when you start to see seeds of hope after a long season of despair. You know, the women go to the tomb not to greet Jesus, but, but to anoint his decomposing body as a final act of love. But when they hear the words of the man in white, they have that adrenaline rush of suddenly encountering hope. Maybe he's not dead anymore. And that hope in the face of so much despair is something that I think I got a glimpse of in December for the first time when I, when I saw pictures of friends getting their vaccines. It was that, oh, hope. I'd forgotten what that felt like. And then three weeks ago when I got my vaccination, it meant so much. Because it wasn't just about, well, I'm safe now, I'm protected. It was about, here is my one piece of helping our whole world get back to being able to see one another, to hug our friends, to sing and worship, to break bread together and share the meal, Christ's meal, but just ordinary meals at ordinary tables with laughter and joy. And that was just earthly trembling and ecstasy. You know, we have that, but today we also have the cosmic spiritual trembling and ecstasy of resurrection. And that's the place where we're called to be today. God is starting a new thing for each one of us. Not just the holy people, but all of us. God is starting this new ecstatic community of resurrection 
where death does not have the last word, and where God can turn our fear into action. And it begins here. It begins in your local church, in our cathedral, a community that, that trembles with ecstasy together, a community that knows deeply what it is to be afraid. No, not a community that wears rose-colored glasses or pretends that things are not as bad as they actually are but also a community that embodies courage and joy from head to toe. A courageous, ecstatic community, continuing the tradition of Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, by living the gospel, by practicing compassion, by loving one another as he loved us. And when we encourage one another like that, it is then that we can proclaim with confidence that Christ is risen, not missing. Because he's here, in our very midst, in every one of you, in me, and in all the space in between. So, hallelujah, Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Hallelujah. <laughs>